Get in Annapolis Center. Do you have any test operations restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion. Over. Roger, Area 31. Continue to send at your discretion. Over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra right, and really moving. They're right by us right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let's introduce the members of the Posse. Uh, girls, get ready. Get your fans out. Your big box of Kleenex. Your extra big box of wipes. Your fans. Your misters. Because he's here. The very famous Juan Juan. Hey, Mac. How's it going? Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're going to have a good time tonight, aren't we? Uh, like we, we always do. Uh, should we rewrite? for this. What do you think about rewriting your uh, opening there someday? Yeah, sure. Okay. You know, just we don't the, even need to give the fan and the misters. Oh no, people not, write they we need just we need a fan in like, like yeah. I usually do. We need a fan fit. We should switch it up. We should we we should make the UFO mechanic the guy oh. that needs the no Cobra the, can the issues and the Cobra can be the first wow. guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cobra. Well, it's it's a given with him. Anyway. Speaking of Cobra, I'm sorry, I'm just adjusting my I don't have the right camera angle here. Oh my god. Here we go. Uh, up there in the great state of Maine, where there's about 10 feet of snow on the ground, I'm sure, uh, they know him as Coco on the streets. We know him as Commander Cobra. Coco, how are you doing? As always, Mac, a pleasure to join the formation and be on the wing. Yes. Thank you very much for having me once again. Yes. How are you doing, Cobra? I'm doing well, Juan Juan. I think you know, your entry, your it, opening might be a little bit worn. I'm not sure. You uh, really, yeah. it, it, it's, it's a little pseudo-sexual. With the uh, That's white misters and other things that are going yeah, on, yeah, it is. I think you probably need to, uh, you know, maybe step it up just a little bit. Well, well prepare but, for uh, it. I if, if the audience can only British see dramas. you in the in the round glasses and, the, and Mick Jagger uh, Rolling Stones uh, poster flag in the background, they'd understand why there's misters. And, you know what uh, that is in the background? Like, it's actually a it's actually wipes. a beach blanket. Yes, we know that. Right. It's a it's a real hit with the ladies down at uh, Hampton. Oh, down at Hampton, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not exactly the Riviera, yeah. hey, but look okay. at the tongue on that guy. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> wow. Okay. Moving on. Thank you, Coco. Uh, up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, the Battle Creek of the Republic, uh, National Correspondent Switchblade Steve Ward, Switch Eight. It is great to be here tonight. Okay. And and how's things with you? Hey, Switch. Everything is beyond wonderful, Mac. Okay. All right. Now, we got to comment on his hair again because this is three weeks in a row. He has a different hairstyle. Where's the pot? Where's the pot in his hair? The pot is gone, right? I, I got it cut. 
Okay. It's on backwards tonight. Is it on backwards? It really, uh, <laughs> Thank you, Cliff. Oh, it's, <laughs> on it's, on it's on his left side. Wow. Do what I'm seeing. You got to turn it around. Okay, listen. Right. Um, it's time to go to our security chief, Willie Chubb. <laughs> Willie Chubb. Sorry, Willie Club is with us in beautiful Methuen, Massachusetts. <laughs> Willie, how you doing, Whitey? Good. You can call me whatever you want. Whitey Boy, There's a lot of energy here already. Is that what it is? That's it. scary. That's what we need the wipes on. Energy, yeah. Also joining Cobra's us. Cobra's got aliens in his office. That's what it looks like. Uh, joining us, lightening up and brightening up the show, is our favorite. We're going to call her a good witch this week, okay? Raven. Raven up on Upstate New York. How are you doing, Raven? Issues. How are you? Hi. Hi, Thank Raven. you so much for having me. Hi. Okay. Good to see everyone. This is our weekly. Have you anytime. Raven. Yeah, right. <laughs> our weekly overdose of Winona Ryder lookalike. Two hours. Winona Raven, we call her. Winona Raven. I wish. <laughs> Thanks, for, Thanks for joining us tonight. We get a tattoo, Raven Forever. Really? My God, yes. <laughs> okay. Tattoos are forever. So you're writing the right thing on there. I know. Also joining you know, my us. My tattoo place is closed up. <laughs> okay, we'll have that translated for you. Um, joining the uh, the softball team in left field is UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Al, how you doing tonight? Very good, sir. And how is everyone? Okay, everyone's great, Al. Okay. Excellent. I'm, uh, I've got a little company with me here. Get that cat out of here. Oh, cats are not. Get rid of that cat. That's just a way to get into Raven's heart, and it's not get the working. The cat's out of the bag, Dallas House. Get it. The cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Yep. We've got to put an end to this of showing furry animals to our female. Oh, she's. She's a very nosy. Sorry. Aww. I'm just trying my best. So Sorry. Cute. Okay. So here we are. We're going to have later on tonight, we're going to be talking to our good buddy, Ross Sharp, our friend from across the portal. Uh, he is one of the things that he's uh, involved in is that he is, um, he and his mad Englishman friend, you hear us, friends, you hear us talk about it all the time. They're putting back together. A um, mosquito World War II attack plane, two plane, two Rolls Royce engines on basically a wooden airplane is the fastest thing going. That's one of the things he's involved in. But we're going to be talking tonight about this continuing search for Area 51 in the United Kingdom in England. Does does England have an Area 51? And there's a lot of people say there's no way, and then there's a lot of people who say. Yes, here it is, and there's like a number of suspected places, but Ross is going to talk about one of them tonight. has a really interesting history. I can't pronounce the name. Can you, Al, I know I sent you the notes. Do you know how to pronounce that name in England? I'm not going to say it right. No, no, we'll wait until we have Let our him say, yeah, it's, it's on board. about 50 uh, letters in it. So anyway, we're going to be talking to him later on, and then we're going to be talking um, to uh, switch a, a, a report from the Fringe. Um, also, if we have enough time, What's happening is because our shows are now archived on many, many places, including Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the works, people are listening to the old shows and requesting us to either have other guests on, bring other guests back on, or tell stories that we alluded to in the past. And someone wrote me today and they want us to retell the Sandy Chang story. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Could we? Who's going to retell that I one? I don't know. It's me and you. I guess Pete was there. X. X was there. And that guy from the CIA was there. Remember that? And, and it was the only show you missed there. Brother that's JJ. the only show I missed, so I'm out of the loop. That's the, most, that's the craziest story. She was. I heard about it. I heard the show. I watched the show. Possibly a Chinese spy. We don't know. 
Oh, yikes. Okay. I know the uh, subject in question. So if we have enough time, maybe we can try to do a quick that, elevator pitch on that. Anyway. Yeah, it'd be good to reprise that segment. Right. Yeah, that'd right. be awesome. Because it was really strange. And yeah, so anyway, that's does, the show. Does the listener want us to play back the segment as it was done or just no, retell the story? Just retell the story. And add a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay. it's just a, a, we met her strangely. We'll embellish the hell out of it. She did a show. <laughs> She was happened to be on with a CIA guy. It might have been revealed she was spying for the Chinese government. We laughed at first, but Coco and next set us straight. And a lot of her behavior after that really kind of fell into place, as it turns out. But I'm bummed that uh, she has. But it's very trendy. Is. You know, it's it's very trendy to be in with that crowd. So you guys are, as always, breaking the. Uh, Breaking the uh, taboos and barrier on the uh, entertainment. <laughs> All right. Should we just tell the story right now and do it in you like know, five minutes? Be, okay. Look at real quick. So one I night she'd be hitting me up because she knew I was in well, the Well, see that she was in love with you. I mean, one night we left the station uh, and we yeah. went down to this place, the Thirsty Moose, which was a place that we used to go to a lot. To Wawang got us kicked out. But awesome place. Um, awesome waitresses. The, the weird thing about it is that we were on our way, literally in the park lot, on our way to Newport, and we just said, "The hell with it. Let's just go down the street at the Moose." Right? We would never have been there if that didn't happen. Right. Right. So, so we're sitting at the bar, and the bar is crowded, and there's only one seat left, and it's beside me. Then that's the end of the bar, and we're just having a good time, and so on and so forth. Next thing I know, I hear someone saying, "What are you drinking?" And I look over, and there's this Asian woman sitting next to me, very petite, very almost doll-like in a way. And very she's, good looking. she starts talking to us out of the blue, you know, and, and it had been kind of a weird well, She song. had a wooden rack of uh, beer samplers. Uh, would, uh, a flight. That, a uh, flight. flight. Right. And she's really a not place. a good set of terms when you say that wooden rack and then say well, rack. Just, uh, <laughs> rack throwing in the international. That's probably not where to go. Thing. I was like, where are you going with this? Oh, you know exactly where he's going, Raven. Listen. My God, you've been around this. Hang need on. a vaccine, for God's sake. Listen to me. <laughs> so anyway, we became friends with her. And she was asking us very kind of strange questions. We didn't think one thing of it. But then she kind of had some mysterious behavior afterwards. Remember, she was going to meet us, and she didn't. She fell out. We didn't yep. know what happened to her. Um, her she took her, all our names and numbers, took, which is the right thing to do. Yep, yep. And and her husband was a big... And when you report it to your control, that's an important thing to have is names and numbers. You get a get bonus if you get enough of them. Is that a cat? <laughs> get that cat out of there. Yes, and, it is. <laughs> so then, anyway, uh -oh. months go by, and then all of a sudden she calls me up and she says... I'm leaving for China on Wednesday. I want to talk to you guys before I go. So I said, why don't you come up and do the show this Tuesday night? So long story short, we meet at the comb, and we meet at the um, at the Thirsty Moose. Juan Juan, the first show he's missed in five years, he doesn't show up. She's know, almost in tears me. that Juan Juan isn't here. She oh. does the show. The CIA guy is on. They get to talk, and all of a sudden the CIA guy comes up with something like, you know, there are four million Chinese residents in the U.S. currently spying on everybody, oh, you know. And she went nuts, correct? She went nuts yeah. and started yelling, I'm not a spy, I'm not a spy, going nuts. She stood. She was in the corner. We had to talk her out of the corner. Then, get rid of that cat, please, Coco. And then <laughs> the show is over. We go over to the Thirsty Moose again, and it's Pete and I and X, and she's all over X, and we all know what X does, okay? So all <laughs> these kind of pieces are falling in. And then, you know, he schooled us, in, and so did our friend Rich Jackson, let's say, and— it's not beyond the 
possibility that she was up to something only because, as X told me, said they just take out lists of every radio show, TV show that has the word military in it, and they look into it, and that's where we were. Realize there's a whole lot of nothing. You need to look at this act as a uh, compliment that we would gain the attention of a foreign power to find out what our secrets are. He, he said, "As the cat's ass is." I really expected the, some camera. fallout from uh, something, the Chinese government or the embassy or something. Yeah. After that show, I really. Well, you know, I got screwed saying, on a Chinese. Wow, what if this uh, got weird? I got screwed on a Chinese restaurant takeout the other day. They only gave me six. Chicken wings are not 12. So, it, it, this is how it starts, Mac. Is it really? This is how it starts. Drip, drip, it drip. starts with your Chinese yeah. takeout and then it just escalates. Son of a bitch. Next thing you're, next thing you're, uh, you're the, uh, the, the highlighted segment on uh, Chris Wallace on uh, the Fox show on Sunday. Now, you think you're getting egg foo young and it's egg rolls. <laughs> it's, oh, see? This, yeah. this, is the, this is the nightmare. The gaslighting. You thought you got the egg roll and said you got the bone. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> he's right. So why don't we take a commercial break now and bring Ross in and, uh, and liven up the potty. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. And I just kept going on and on about myself. I'm taking a leak in the driveway. Just, I know you like to talk to total stranger. The story's got nothing to do with the Bruins game. It's what happened with Grandma. Well, I was wondering if those were sadomasochism straps or something. <laughs> but I digress uh, from what I don't know. Get into the beautiful mind of Juan Juan only on the Mac Maloney Military X-Files show. show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have you tonight, but let me quickly introduce the members of the posse. Okay, the very famous Juan Juan is here, girls. Juani. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show. Okay. Everything's Pleasure good with you. Pleasure to be here. That's right. Pleasure to be anyway. Everything's cool. As you know, I live for this experience. Yes. <laughs> we all do. It's a different experience every time. That's why we love it so much. Up there in the great state mm. of Maine, in his compound, formerly his bunker, they know Coco on the streets. We know him as Commander Cobra, CC. Good evening, Mac. It's always a great part to be part of the formation. And just 
a small note since we're always considering, you know, important things to pass to the audience. A compound for tax purposes is much cheaper than a bunker. Interesting. Okay. Oh, Keep that in mind. That. We have an IRS person in the room with us. Uh, thank you, Coco. Yeah. Uh, National correspondent Switchblade Steve Wood up there in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Switchy, the bowl of flakes. You know, it's it's also great to be part of the formation, but occasionally I, I feel like uh, wrong way Corrigan. Really? Well, wasn't he really going the right way? He just told people who he was going the wrong way? Of course. Yes, of course. Yes, that that is the popular is it really, summation yeah. of his yeah, events. Okay. Right. Well, you know, he was Irish, right? Wasn't this kind of an, an Irish type of thing going on there? He's drunk or something? Anyway, flying the airplane the wrong way. Um, Switchy, thank you. Let us go to our security chief, Willie Club, a.k.a. Whitey Bulger, on work release from heaven from beautiful Methuen, Massachusetts. Whitey, I mean, Willie, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Mac. Uh, hi, folks. Great Good to see you, Willie. Yeah. He's As I good. said, you know, the energy is coming right off the screen here tonight. So. Well, that's the secret. It race. is. I feel it. I is feel that, it. Is that what that is? I've been cleaning it away with paper towels. Listen. Sort of like when, when you're frying hamburgers and the, and the grease kind of flies out. Platters all over the place. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like that. Whatever so. image you want to have there, Switchy, that's cool. Hey, listen. Really, really charming up the show is our favorite white witch. Good witch. <laughs> Renona Raven up there in upstate New York. How you doing tonight, Raven? Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi, wow. Raven. Nice to, see you. nice to see everyone as usual. Wow. And you got a new background you. going on. You get, ew, you know, it's very it's um... the same background. I just moved my computer. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I was <laughs> going to say it looks plant. like Hef's place. That's the way to do it. <laughs> my plant great. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Whatever that is. I can't is. recognize it. What kind of plant is it's it? It's a cocoa plant. An aloe plant. It's huge. All right. Move. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a joke there somewhere. But... It's like a, it looks like a spider or something. Or... Yeah. Don't scare her. Okay. okay. Also joining us, by the time I introduce everyone, the segment will be over. Listen, also joining us, making a special appearance, is UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Al, busy schedule. Thanks Good evening, Max. Good evening, everyone. How are you doing? Al. How are you doing? Yeah. Doing, doing well. Okay. You don't know um, me. Speaking of Methuen, Mass, this is a Mexican place I really enjoy going to. Oh, really? Doing Lawrence Line. So <laughs> well, I, I end up in Lawrence uh, or Methuen at least once a week. Wow. Okay. For, for, end up, huh? For, yeah, for the locals. Lucky yes. by the police or you, what? Yeah, you don't want to end up. up over there, frankly. But, you know, you don't talk about the police. Pass through and go <laughs> over the speed limit. If, if the locals, you'll know what we're talking about. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also joining us from the rich part of the state of Massachusetts, a <laughs> good friend Ross Sharp. A good friend Ross Sharp. Ross, how you doing, brother? Uh, seen better days, bro. Yeah. But we'll get there. That's yeah. good. That's good, Ross. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, Ross reminds me of Sydney Green Street. Remember yes. Sydney Green Street? Yes. Yes. British yes. actor. Yes. yes. The voice and the facial. 
Yeah, I mean, right. unbelievable. Yeah, he was I, I get a Claude Rains kind of thing going on. Well, but, oh no, Sydney Greenstreet. Yeah, but Sydney no, Greenstreet. Find some images and put them up as backgrounds. Uh, yeah, he was in a lot of Claude Rains. The gambling is going on in Mac Maloney's Military X Files. Hey, wait a minute, hold on. That's next week's yes, show. Now, shocked. Listen. And here's your wings. Shocked, I tell you. But you do look. Gambling is going on in this establishment. But yeah. and he knows the lines, which is perfect. But you do look very photogenic, Ross. Okay, I mean, have you ever? Only from the back, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but have you ever been in? I know you've been on the BBC, but but have you ever been like in front of the camera? As weird as uh, that sounds. Regrettably, yes. Uh-oh. For the camera, I mean. What would you do? Uh, Porno? You're afraid to tell us? Um, hardly. No, because um, okay. British- several segments on air- aircraft, of course. Oh, I was okay. accused of moving a 63 ton Avro Vulcan bomber once. Yeah, I did actually. Now wait a minute. That's the story. So the accusation was true. I <laughs> typically perfectly praised British right there. Did he I say was accused of this? Of what? Yeah. Which of I moving? actually did. Of stealing yeah. it? Of flying it? No, Any? no. I'm, I had to move it using a prime mover because the the bird wouldn't fly. So we we, we winched it using a prime mover over about a mile. And a, half. a Vulcan bomber yeah. is, a, is a British version of like a B fifty two bomber, it is. like an enormous yeah, airplane. Yeah, exactly. Wow, huh? You. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. All right. But I think, I think, uh, I think you could still get into the biz. To tell you the truth, I could see him as being. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, like the real rich oh, yeah. guy who comes in at the end of the story, and pays everyone off or something. You know? Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Coco, you're my agent. Can you put the that together? Please? Episode I, of I uh, have Masterpiece done some Mystery. Testing, shall we say? But uh, that was many years ago. Really? You know. Yeah. Okay. When someone's coming from Metro West, Metro those, West, those yep. in the know know what yes. we're talking about. I do know. Metro I used to work West. in it Chestnut Hill. It all makes perfect sense. It all. When you see it in the paper, instead of an it. S, it's a dollar sign, right? Is that basically what we're talking about? <laughs> anyway. There's some nice places along uh, that route. There's, yes, yeah, there is. There is. Yes. There is. It's a nice part of the world, and there's no doubt about it. You know. You know when you say, "Do you need to pull over and find some shade?" There's shade everywhere down that street, down those neighborhoods everywhere. Wow. <laughs> wow. Huge wow. trees on the sidewalk. Wow. Man. What color is the sky in your world, Juan One? Well, I worked in Chestnut Hill. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's... Gig, but it was like a long commute for me from Lake Winnipesaukee. That's, hey, listen, that's where the upper crust is, man. Up the crust. Yeah, they have an attitude in the supermarkets in Chestnut Hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, let's stop the show. Uh, so why don't we do this? So, so, Russ, uh, one of the things we want to talk to you about tonight is we, mm-hmm. we have this continuing question asked. Is there a Area 51 in the United Kingdom? Now, we've done a couple shows about this. And mm-hmm. one of the things, it, it's kind of half a half of one, half the other, as everything else. First of all, people say you cannot have an Area 51 in our sense of the term in the U.K. because it's too small. I mean, the Area 51, the Nevada test range in, in Nevada is almost as big as the U.K., you know. So how are you going to do it when you can when you can fly across the U.K. in a jet in, in, in minutes? On the other hand, there's like seven suspects. So it's kind of odd, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the one thing you – now, who are you going to talk about tonight? We're going we're gonna to wait for you to come on to actually say the name of the base correctly. Okay. Um, quite simply, you're absolutely right about size. Roughly area 51 is 23 miles by 25, mm. which is more than 380,000 acres. 
and that's roughly a third of the size of Wiltshire, which is a sizable county in the UK that contains okay. Stonehenge. You you can't. You're absolutely right, Matt. You can't physically encompass that in the UK. It's too big to hide. You know, the elephant in the room. Mm, okay? Too big to hide. Yeah. But what you can do is you can split off some of the functions and pack them into various bases and areas around the UK. So it becomes a bit like the Pauline letter. Right. But when, you, you are hiding it in plain sight. Right. But when you do that, don't you, don't you then increase your security needs by how many times you, you know, subdivide it? Yeah, well, yeah, you do. Um, and some of the candidates that we've spoken about in previous shows yep. um, are there, but they're, they're too obvious. I mean, for example, you could uh, run some very nice activities out of Royal Air Force Fairford, mm -hmm. uh, which has a massive 10,000-foot runway, has special uh, hangars designed to cater for B-2 bombers specifically, um, but it's so public and it's got enthusiast monitoring all, every movement in and out that that's a candidate, but it's written off almost straight away. Right. The one we're going to talk about tonight is radically different. Yes. Um, it's Royal Air Force Macrohanish. There we go. He said it. Um, <laughs> Macrohanish. Okay. Excellent. It's a, yeah, it's at, it's at the end of the Mull of Kintyre, a peninsula that sticks out into the Irish Sea. Sticks out. Paul McCartney. Um, it's a very remote area in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, Is it really it's oh, it's ideal for, for what you need? Hey, one, one one, I want to tell you, that's Paul McCartney's biggest selling signal was the Mull of Kintyre. Mm. You know, I've never heard it. I've I, never cared to hear that, it. But... Uh, I thought that sounded familiar, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Go ahead. So, oh, wow, it's yeah. way up there. Okay, this is mysterious. Go ahead. So, so it's during World War II, um, a base, uh, which is the second iteration of a base, it had been used in World War I, but a much bigger base was built there because Coast, Royal Air Force Coastal Command needed massive runways to get their what's known as VLR aircraft, very long range, including things like B-24 Liberators yes. and B-17s, off the ground with a big fuel load to get them out into the Atlantic. Mm. So I was on a course at what was Royal Air Force Portreath in Cornwall, it has the same deal, uh, facing the Atlantic, 10,000 foot plus runway. Um, it's now just a remote sensing head. Yes. And we'll talk about that some other time. So 10,000 feet. 10,000 feet is a long. 10,000 feet is a long yeah. runway, right? That's that's two miles. That's a that's yeah. considered a long runway. Yeah. Correct? It, it will. It will cater for anything that's in the United States Air Force itinerary or the British itinerary with ease. Interesting. Right? Okay. B-2s, no problem. B-52s, no problem. Hmm. So hmm. it's aligned east-west. At one stage, it was thought uh, to be useful for taking as an emergency landing ground for the shuttle, but that's been ruled out. Okay. But um, there's no particular need now why you would need a base of that size in that area yep. ever again. But it's still there. Or would you, sir? But it's I know. Still it's yeah. still there. Yeah, interesting. And things start to get really interesting post-war because then suddenly 
masses of NATO funds were poured into the base. Mm. Okay. And that included building a large new hangar. Um, some people speculated something. on um, underground facilities also. It started to um, involve with an upgrade of the runway, lots of other single occupancy um, quarters were built, large numbers of them. Interesting. No apparent reason, really. Yeah. Think about yeah. that for a second. Yeah. Right. Why? So, so I'm thinking single, single seat jets or reconnaissance craft or something. Or crews. Well, small it, crews. Is, small crews. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows? I mean, there are so many speculations coming out mm. at this stage of the game. Wow. But then things started to get. You mentioned security, Mac. Yes. Okay. It's a remote place. You need security. What's one of the best ways of getting security in this world? Answer, whistle up a SEAL team. Mm. That base yeah, started yeah. to be used for training uh, facilities oh, wow. for one of the U.S. Navy SEAL teams. There you go. You get the and security. they were flying in Pavlo helicopters, MH-53s out of RAF Mildenhall to that base. Mm -hmm. um, so... You've got all the ingredients for, excuse me, you're building layer on layer on layer. Typical. Yep. It starts to read like a wingman novel. Whoa, okay, whoa. Man? <laughs> on seal everywhere. Yes. Well, you know, that's, but that's exactly how they do things. They, as you say, layer upon layer upon yeah. layer, you know. Hey, we want to open the, the space. Where are we going to get security? Let's train the seals there. Okay. And all of a sudden, you know, we got this place. You know, what's funny is, What's funny is that Raven, as it turns out, has five questions where we did a lot of research today and we figured out how it's, <laughs> it, it, that absolutely the UK has an Area 51. And, uh, and these are the five top reasons why. Want to do it now, Raven? I'm good. Okay, you guys let's good? go. Let's go. Mm. She's, oh, yeah. she's getting a lot of fan let's mail, go. by the way, and there's no surprise to that. Let's go. Top five reasons why we know. <laughs> The UK has an Area 51. Please strap in for this. Number five, okay. please, Raven. Okay. After 22 number one hits, dozens of platinum records, billions in record sales, endless worldwide adoration, plus more poon than China has rice and a stage act so dynamic, teenage girls would frequently urinate in their seats. How could oh. the Beatles not be created in a top secret laboratory? How could the Beatles not be created in a top secret laboratory, Ross? Yes and no. Proof? Well, the monkeys were. Uh oh, you know. oh, that's not. Kind of, yeah. That's that's. So you know what that is? That's us winning the Revolutionary Sorry, War. That's us getting back. That is the yes, sound is. of one clapping wow. right there, my friends. <laughs> Wow. Okay. All right. Wow, that hurt. That's going to leave a mark. Please, number four, Raven. That's going to leave a mark on, on Mac. No doubt. <laughs> number four. Number four. According to a 2002 report released by the British Defense Ministry, in 1956, as part of the Official Secrets Act, Parliament passed a law allowing the British military to secretly siphon funds from all the country's restaurant employees' employee trainee programs, I apologize, to pay for its own Area 51. And that's why British food is rarely referred to as, 
quote unquote fine cuisine or even quote unquote edible. Now wait a minute, that's, that's a long road. That's a, that's a long road. It's a long road. Hold. Basically, what we're saying is talking about a law that the uh, British military was able to take funds from the people who create the cuisine in the United Kingdom and for national defense, and that's why the food kind of isn't really popular. Are we going to be able to track down who actually wrote this? Yeah. No. To justice? The answer is no. Uh, do you, Ross, you're the expert. I mean, come on, let's go. There's well, no. Speaking as someone whose mother was a master pastry chef. Um, wow. Okay. I'm not going to flash up the photograph of my French bull, which I could. Uh, okay. And I use French cheese throughout. Um, all I can say is that British food, regional food, um, is uh, vastly underrated. Uh, Once you okay. get outside the main cities, okay. then you start getting really good country food. Yeah, they call it pub food here in the United States. Raven, I just want you, if you have some examples of what British food might be, let's just talk about it and let's just give us some examples and let's let the audience decide, okay? You tell me if any of this is edible. Go ahead, please, Raven. I have examples. Um, I have jellied eels. Jelly. They eat oh, jelly eels. It, 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 it's, it's literally yeah. gel, eel heads in jello. It's go ahead, go ahead, please, right? Uh, blood pudding. Blood pudding. Very popular. That's known as black pudding black in my, pudding. my area of the woods, and it's great I, stuff. It's yeah, soup it. made up. It's, it's like it's, pig, it actually is pretty good. It's pig blood for soup. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Haggis. Haggis. Great. I've had no, it. Oh, it's not bad. Lovely stuff. Oh, at, the Highland, at the Highland Games in New Hampshire, I've had you, it. Oh, you, you guys can't are import it into America because it contains minced sheep's lungs. Oh, is that what? the reason? The yeah, okay. All right. That was horrifying. Really? <laughs> uh, Ross, tell Gorgeous. us what's in uh, Coco, tell us what's in haggis. Do you know the ingredients to haggis? Well, it's usually all the entrails that were left over from the what? Uh, various animals on the farm. The, the modern haggis, a haggis is now a uh, a much more healthy blend, and I've had it done with uh, <laughs> almost every kind of meat possible, mixed in with the uh, the various uh, oatmeals and, and yeah. things uh, in nature. Uh, the real uh, key to haggis is a good scotch. That yeah, you oh, yeah, yeah. So. Get drunk Somebody before you eat it. a screenshot of Raven right now. Yeah, you have to yeah, yeah, serve it with, and this is a direct quote from mm -hmm. someone who's half Scott. Mm -hmm. Mashed neeps and tatties. Right. Neeps that means, and tatties. That means he's yeah, strong. taking notes at home. All right, listen, I got to ask. That would be um, mashed potatoes and mashed rutabaga for uh, you guys. Okay. Uh, you're making me sick. Mashed I, together. Hey, Al Ronaldo, mm. UFO mechanic. That good. UFO mechanic, Al Ronaldo. Have you ever had haggis? Uh, no, I have not. I have uh, heard of it, and I don't think I would uh, ever, ever, partake, ever. It's in it's it's Sorry. the intestines of every animal you can think of, basically, right? Isn't it just like mixed up intestines? Is that the quick way of putting it? It, it involves things like, as I said, sheep's lung, um, mm -hmm. oatmeal. Uh, it's served with a thick gravy and bash neeps and tatties, and a very good scotch. Yeah, as, like I say, uh, you get drunk and then you eat it. You know, say, uh, it? Raven, please. Next, uh, unedible, <laughs> inedible British food, please. <laughs> Sounds great. Yes. Uh, so the next one I have is tripe. Oh, yes. Great. Um, it's the inner lining of a cow's stomach. Yeah, it's sounds... really good. Mm -mm. It's served with a milk sauce and uh, boiled onions. Oh, my God. One of my father's favorite dishes. Hey, listen. Hey, Club, how many Fenway Franks have you had in your life? 
Oh, I, I couldn't count. Okay, it still isn't enough what he's talking about. One <laughs> meal of this <laughs> would cover it all. Okay, please, Raven, before we run out of steam, what's the next? Stargazy pie? Stargazy pie? Oh, oh, that's a Cornish delicacy. You'd love this, Raven. It's a pie it's with... It's actually a baked... It's a fish uh, pie with a, a, a crust... And it actually has the mackerel's heads, complete with the eyes, poking out of the crust. Stop Hence it. the name Stargazy Pie. She's saying stop it, and I agree with her. Nope. I, Any, don't, I don't want to eat anything with a face. Well, believe me, you you have four of them in this thing. Anytime you say fish pie, how, you don't have to go I any further. I thought you say fish and finger pie. No, 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 no. Penny Lane. Okay. No, that's a Beatles line. Steady on. <laughs> Let's go. Next, next one, please. One. Please, Raven. Okay. And the worst of all, mushy peas. Mushy oh, peas. Delicacy. Oh. oh, unbelievable. One Someone of my gave favorites. me a can of mushy peas. You once. can buy it in a can. No, uh, you can't. From, Stop you it. You can buy it in a can in certain supermarkets, which I'm not going to advertise, uh, by the <laughs> famous Irish company Bachelors. See, right, 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 um, right away with the Irish. Used to actually okay. make it. Um, mushy peas is a dried marrow fat peas that are almost milky white that you soak overnight and you add a dye tablet to give it a lovely bilious green color. Sounds like a lot of work. And then you boil them and it comes out, um, you know, like semi-gelatinous. But what do you do with it? Uh, what do you eat it out of the stuff. can? Do you eat it out of the eat can? Eat it with fish and chips. Oh, you put no, it on? You just... actually, it's oh. a side order with fish and chips. Oh, it's okay. disgusting. If you walked into any chip shop, mushy peas, right? Uh, that's what you'd get. I'm sick. Australians love them too. I'm sick Ambrosia, of listening to this. Food of the gods. Once again, this is why we Don't have no British restaurants stuff. anywhere. Listen, while we're on food, we're on food, and we're all need our alka seltzers. It's switchy. Why don't we get to the skew of the yes. show? You know what you had for breakfast today. He gave me a hint earlier, but go ahead, switchy. What you have for breakfast today? Okay. Well, why don't you, uh, uh, if I can, uh, we can vamp a little bit. I can actually bring up an image uh, of what I had today. For a radio show, but uh, go. Try real as quick long as you here. don't bring it up. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, after some of the talk earlier, I mean. That might okay. happen. Uh, just give me a second here. Okay, it's okay. Yeah. We okay, like here we it. go. Here we go. Ready. Uh, well, we can't even see it. Uh, okay. Oh, I've I seen. had hot black cup of coffee. He's teasing us. And three hobnobs. Hobnobs? What's wow. that? That's a regional thing. What, what is hobnobs? it? What are hobnobs? Sorry, hobnobs? That sounds like it's from it's, the, the it's a, Hobnob is a glorious British cookie, a.k.a. biscuit. Uh, oh, biscuit, wow. yes. Yeah, really? And it's, it's, it's very healthy, actually. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Except for the chocolate-covered ones. Oh, that's the, the, well, that's really what I had. Was the chocolate-covered yeah, ones? You're a yeah, bad boy. Hey, you are a but, bad, bad boy. You eat my, chocolate. The theme here, Ross, is not to eat healthy for the. Oh, uh, just, for what, did, what, did, what did Switch have for breakfast? That's right. You know? Yeah, healthy. Yeah. Switch is really into his art, and he's and he's willing to put his stomach on the line for the show. He's willing to. Yeah, yep. right. Uh, the the I, insides I of my stomach suffer for his art. Yeah. Okay. So wait a minute. So what? What's it? It's a sugar-covered wafer cookie, and you eat it for breakfast. No, 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 no. It's like a wholemeal oats. biscuit. Closest yep. thing you'll get to is a McVitie's digestive. Oh, but yeah, what, than that. what is a digestive biscuit? I only know that uh, what digestive biscuits about them is that George Harrison once got in a fight with John Lennon because Yoko Ono ate George's digestive biscuits. I'm not surprised. Yeah, and it's I'm thinking, what's a what kind of a name is that? What is that? What are they like? Graham crackers or something? Um, 
No, they're, they're sort of like a whole wheat plain biscuit, but they're very nice. And mm -hmm. almost everybody makes a digestive biscuit. Um, they were originally designed to be eaten with a piece of cheese after a meal. You know, like part of a cheese book oh, yeah, yeah. would have a selection of biscuits on it. And huh. one of them would be di uh, digestive. Wow. Okay. Well, that's what broke up the, the Beatles. Yeah. They're, they're really good. Just the, just the word are, digestive actually. has a weird connotation. Yeah, it's a weird, yeah. Does, yeah, yeah. Is, does it have any relation to a, a pancake? Good God, no. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, a it's a bloody cookie, man. A biscuit. No, it is. It's, it's a right. freaking cookie. <laughs> Usually pretty high in fiber. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Probably all help you very much to figure out what the digestive oh, is. Oh, I for. see now. It, it's pretty high in tasting really good, and that's all you need to know. It's a I'm getting bored with high in fiber things, that's for sure. And, uh, Raven, you need to check your inter uh, email here. There's a couple images you need to check okay. out. Yeah. Inter yeah, email. Yeah. What's an inner email? Yeah, we'll find out. Well, I don't know how Sometimes known as chat by you kids. The chat. Yeah. The chat. I, I'm like basically a hundred, so okay. I, I don't know what that means. A hundred what? A hundred percent. Listen. Is there a little uh, little box down there that has like a one or two on it? Like you've got uh... how do I scroll through it? <laughs> wow. While we go through this, why don't we take a switch. commercial break now? And uh, we'll be right back, and we'll talk about this super-duper secret base that might be Area 51 in the U.K., okay? You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show. We'll be right back after this. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. show here on the distant thunder radio network this is mac maloney why what a show we have for you tonight but first quickly let's introduce the gang girls he's here the very famous wong wong hello mac hello everybody hello. welcome to the show did we wake it's you it's been fun so far if you uh, missed the first few segments you missed a lot so that's true you know i have to say this the rest of it 
and our security chief is especially on the, with us. Especially the cuisine section. Wait, you might want to skip that unless you <laughs> run a diet. True. Yeah. If you miss the first few segments, you might as well just go off and That's cave, right. You can't be hobnobbing around with this show. And cut yourself off from society. Yeah, right. Well, listen. Um, <clears throat> also joining us tonight is uh, up there in his uh, compound, which uh, basically is kind of a tax dodge, if you call it, if you don't call it a bunker. Uh, Commander Cobra, how you doing there? As always, Mac, it's a pleasure to uh, join the formation, and hopefully soon I'll be overflying the palatial beach house where oh. your command center is <laughs> in the little white airplane. Okay, talk about a tax deduction. Okay, excellent. All right. Are you going to uh, do target practice and try and drop don't, a sack of flour uh, on his deck? I, don't, uh, I think what I'll do, one one, is quotes. go to the secret airport, do a low approach, because I have ah, many really? friends at secret yeah. airport. Yep, yeah. yep. And I use that as an excuse to break maybe some of the limits of airspace restrictions and do the overflight of the three or four different levels of uh, observation decks that Mac Yes, <laughs> listen to me. You but listen. Let me just tell you something. Yeah, lobbing the uh, bag of flour on my uh, deck it, it doesn't go over well with the neighbors, if you know what I mean, <laughs> or the local police. So, oh, especially I if I miss, amusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might find it amusing. I find it awkward. <laughs> yeah. But we got to be careful with the uh, UFO mechanic who will be coming up later in the introduction because he fires back. That's the thing about he fires the, back. That's UFO a, mechanic that you have to remember that he he plays a he plays a full contact. It's game. good to know, right? But let me get back to our uh, introductions. Uh, Switchblade Steve Ward up there in uh, the Bowl of Flex, uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Switchy, how you doing, Switchy? Uh, I'm doing beyond wonderful, and it's really uh, a pleasure tonight. Uh, to be hobnobbing with a hobnobbing. See, we have to get into that now. But he, but he got a haircut. He has like kind of like a punkish haircut. What happened there? You look like you have the side shaved. Did a you punkish see? haircut. Yes, it looks like you're. A... It's just a haircut. Okay. Uh, also, it's a very, like very vicious after a long weekend. Yeah, yeah. twist it the other side. I think it will oh, see a little okay. different. <laughs> the other side. Now, how do you mean? Wow. Uh, well, just pick it up. What do you get on the uh, like glue or something? Yeah. Uh, how do you? How do you wow, meow. Well, that the gorilla glue works every time. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. We're not implying that that Steve wears a rug, uh, but <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. He's, he, uh, Frank Sinatra wore one. Did he really? Of course he did. Yeah. The chairman know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he had the, one of the first hair transplants. Did he really? really? Yeah. It didn't oh, take. Yeah. Didn't take. Yeah, Frankie. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, hey, listen. Don't be dissing. Don't be dissing Frank. Oh no, no, I wouldn't we, want this Frank. Hey, listen. Chairman was, of the board, there. Don't be screwing around with Frank. We we uh, we all love Frank. We all love Frank. One uh, one and I encountered someone the other day who had encountered Frank's daughter. Remember that day, Wani? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You don't want this. Yeah. These boots are made for walking. Well, that's the what he said. Story. Yep, it's quite a story, is right. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, our, our security chief, Willie Club in beautiful Methuen, Mass. How are you doing there, Willie? You know, things here at the gated community are doing all right. Uh, that's, that's good. Good, good to hear. Having fun here tonight. I'm getting a, a, a real appetite for for British. Things now. I mean, uh, British cuisine. Uh, I thought you were going to say Mexican. Yeah, we had on good authority that there's an excellent Mexican restaurant not far from your abode. If you want to go over uh, there, I don't yeah. know because I don't eat it. But okay. uh, oh. this, this British yeah. food, all these different organs and stuff. Yeah, yeah it sounds appetizing. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, when they said semi-gelatinous, I was out. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Eel pie, fish that pie. That happening. Yeah, okay. That voice you hear is uh, UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Al, thanks for joining us tonight. Good evening, Mac. Good evening, everyone. Hi, Al. And Al, the owner of no, the owner of, of several Porsches in a in a very very rare Corvette. Can we say that, Al? Is that correct? Right? That's accurate. Uh, it's one of a couple of thousand. Yeah, you know, right. yeah, there weren't a lot of them. That's right. Yeah. But okay. Again, you know, it's a Corvette. So. Yeah, it's a nice car. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Corvette with the Lotus engine in it? Yes. Yes. Oh Excellent. yeah, those are awesome. Mm. Yeah, that was that was the coolest thing they made. Yes. Wow! Our, our special guest Ross Sharp from across the puddle. Yeah. No, but he's he lives in the very exclusive part of Massachusetts. I live in a gated community that's community that's so exclusive it doesn't have gates. With, oh, it does, does it have really? guards. It has guards. Yeah, yeah. It, has a, With guards. it has a gatehouse and it has guards, but uh -huh. it doesn't have gates. A gate. Yeah, those are the Bob invisible wire gates. The gate. Right. Yeah, they're invisible. You get a shock yes. if you uh, yeah. try you to get a shock if you have to pay the common charge. Oh. That's how it works. Oh, hey. I bet. Wow, where is the? You live in Wellesley, right? Do you live in Wellesley? Yes. Oh, wow. Wellesley. Oh, that says it all. We, we, we prefer to refer to it as Metro West. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, like the uh, uh, right. that are in the know. Right. right. Uh, yes. Right. But people kill to get that zip code. You know what I mean? Yeah. That area code. Wellesley. Wow. Yeah, that's Wellesley. okay, Ross. We won't hold it against you. Uh, I'm glad somebody won't. Almost I everyone else oh, does, oh, man. Really? <laughs> Um, <laughs> That's the days we live in there, brother. So listen, so we're talking about this. Um, but before we go back and talk about this uh, secret air base in the U.K., that might be the U.K.'s Area 51, Coco and I talked a little bit this morning about this kind of if – there's, if there's ever a funny story in like a military X-File, this is one of them. And it started with this photograph that someone sent out of General Schwarzkopf during the uh, Gulf War being escorted by armed – civilians and they identified the civilians in the photo as Delta Force but I remember from years ago hearing that these people that were escorting him around were actually part of this thing called the SAS believe it or not but it's the State Department something team Coco but they're a special ops team that the State Department of the United States has and they're badass and you never hear about them anyway we started talking about this and, and Coco has a very funny story about these guys in Iraq if that's possible how's that Cece? The uh, the U.S. part of the coalition during Desert Storm decided they were going to drop what we call a daisy cutter <laughs> on a location near Basra. And uh, the SAS, uh, Green Berets, uh, Rangers, there was a number of them out there that were hidden in um, spider holes and other kinds of hides all around because of the Scud missile thing going on. Right. And I still don't remember the complete reason that we dropped this daisy cutter, but it's an amazing bomb. It's so big it has to come out of something like a C-130 right. or a C-17. It doesn't go on a bomber. Right. It's the guys a are on pallets, and they push it out of the back of the airplane, and the airplane leaps in it's the like air. It's like a conventional nuclear bomb. It's like well, an explosive off, nuclear bomb. And the SAS team got on the net pretty quick, talking about their American cousins with terms like cowboys and other things, and not an affectionate way, Dropping. indicating that they thought we had detonated the tactical nuke because in the... Uh, darkness. Uh, the conditions were just right with the sand, which is like talcum powder, the size of this bomb that went off. It looked like a small mushroom cloud, obviously, <laughs> which often happens with these kinds of munitions, as well as the uh, the light bending through the, uh, the huge cloud of sand that went up. Not what it you was want pretty to funny say. to calm them all down and make sure they knew that they weren't going to get uh, radiated uh, what hey, was going on. A little, little lack of uh, proper uh, decorum 
there with our well our, our you see a mushroom cloud you know you kick into another gear you know what i mean like let's get out of here mm -hmm. but i've seen stuff Especially i know when you can see it when, when you, you can know see you can it. see it there's other things happening that you it's can't right. see yeah right i'm they cover that about the first half hour of the, the class can, can i can i butt in with my very short sas story yes please absolutely okay uh well Back in an earlier part of my career that we can't talk about. Yes. Um, I, I was in charge of half an airfield. Okay. Now, uh, the other half was run by uh, uh, the Royal Navy. In England? This is As happening? In fact, it was a, a big pun. It happening in England or somewhere else? Yep. In England. Okay, go no, ahead. In please. England. Go ahead. And it was a Royal Naval Aircraft Yard that was um, there for the storage and maintenance of rotary-winged aircraft, Commander. Okay, helicopters. Um, that aircraft yard no longer exists. Right? It's been closed. But one day, I was in the office of the base commander, who was a nice, nice, very nice young man, a lieutenant commander, or lieutenant commander, as you might say, um, and... Um, there was a knock on the door. Uh, we were chatting about nothing much. And in came these two individuals. They were the biggest things I'd actually seen uh, the impersonating human beings. Wow. <laughs> and one of them instantly took up a position, a watching position, to the side of the door so it could cover every aspect of this room. And the other one just strode to uh, the CO's the desk. And at this point in time, you know, I, it, it woke them the fact these people look like military, but they're dressed in civvies. Yes. Okay. And um, anyway, he asked the commander, you know, um, you got a helicopter for us. <laughs> and um, that's all it takes. The, the, the commander <laughs> said, yes, and handed him over the keys to a helicopter. At this moment in time, I would have handed him over the keys to my house. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so after they'd left, right, I turned to the to to the uh, to my friend and I said, "Are those guys who I think they are from about um, sixty miles northwest from here, um, somewhere near Hereford?" And the guy nodded and said, "Yeah." Yes. SAS. What we were looking at was 22 Squadron SAS yeah. in action, and they just come up to come to pick up a Westland Scout helicopter. Do you have a helicopter? Uh, which at that time they were the only units operating Westland Scouts. We Bring could, them a helicopter. Yeah, we yeah, could do a very uh, useful. We could do a two-hour show. I said, okay. Yeah, I mean, quite simply, I I would have given them anything they wanted. Right. You know, <laughs> two of the most dangerous people I've ever met in my life. We we could do a uh, two hour show just on the uh, SAS in the Falkland Islands War. Um, some of the some of the oh, things they easily. did in the Falkland Islands War, which is basically almost in Antarctica and and, and like staying in holes hidden for days and days and days and just in the right spot at the right time to take down these odds and things. It's it's a it's a very interesting story, special ops wise, you know. Mm. Oh yeah. Now, that whole wall was very interesting. Anyway, not to go into a sidetrack, but that whole wall is very interesting. How it how it played out, and how the British kind of and that island figures prominently in different wingmen 
variations. I can't help it. Yeah, yeah, such an odd one. So anyway, so listen. So we're talking about this. uh, It's prominently in the series The Crown as well. Does it really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. The wall. There we go. Yeah, that is covered in the crown. Yep, yep. The queen. The queen was very distressed over what was going on in the Falkland Islands. Really? Yeah. The queen was. The crown. Hey, listen. We saw the crown. Yeah, we. We actually saw the crown. In fact, um, hey Raven, now uh, in the in the top, um, you know, the countdown of of uh, reasons why Area Fifty One might exist in the UK wasn't there. What was number three? What was number two? Three, number yeah. three. That's what I have. Okay. What was number three? Uh, number. Yeah, I have number three. Go ahead. Unless I totally missed something. Well, no, no. Say number three. Say number was, three. This is a cue, kiddo. Yeah. What is number three? Speak number three on the list. What's number, number three? three? In 1988. That's not it. The highly authoritative British newspaper. How about number two? The Daily Star. Okay. Number two. Yes. Number two. Okay. A UK Area 51 explains Margaret Thatcher. Now, wait, wait, hang on a second. We didn't really do that oh, one, dear. did we? That's a bit savage. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All I, all I know about her is that when she died, they had parties all over England. I don't know why. I don't know British politics, but I know she wasn't a very popular woman. However, in the crown of the queen, whatever the crown, the woman from the X-Files plays X-Files. Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. And it's like she's exactly Ju- like Julian her. Anderson. Yeah. Oh, she's half her height. Oh, oh, yeah, she wasn't as tall, but I mean, she had the mannerisms and the way she talked and the, and the way she moved. I thought that was yeah. really good. I don't know if Queen Elizabeth was really that involved in stuff. Ross, did you see that? Did you see The Crown? Not to um, get off track. Yeah, well, um, as, as someone who very fortunately has had two royal dinners. Yes. Um, no kidding, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> wow. They didn't, they didn't serve haggis, did they? They haggis? With Prince, with Prince I'm Charles. <laughs> they served haggis. That's no, a whole other story, by the way. Okay. Um, and a haggis tray. Rich crackers. Don't even, you know, Ross, go there. there's a point where you get pearls before swine, right. and we're at it, yeah. bro. <laughs> we're at it. Okay? Yeah. I've run out of pearls at this stage. I've run out of pearls, Coco. Have you got any left? Um, <laughs> no, seriously. Go ahead. Um, all I can say is that the Queen automatically meets new prime ministers. Right. And yep. she's met 40. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. That's true. Wow. Okay. So at she's, this stage of the game, you've got someone around. who is one of the top foreign relations experts in the world, yet wields no power. Yeah, interesting. But okay. the weekly audience with the Prime Minister is no cheap shot. It's definitely a two-way street, because that lady knows her own. Yeah, but don't they play it as a cheap... Don't they play it Don't they play it as something that's just kind of functional and they don't really talk about yeah, stuff? Well, it is theoretically functional. What, what the monarch does, in effect, and this is a, a whole other story... That's okay. The reason that she priv- the reason that the fun- the constitutional monarchy functions is the things that the spots that the queen occupies and exercises no power from. She's head, you know, she's but, head of state. Right. She just sits down and gives a, a speech at the opening of any every parliament. That's it. Right. Uh, she is dissolves parliament and summons parliament, but only at the request of the prime minister at the time. Right. She is head of the armed forces, hmm. doesn't command them, 
right? There's none of uh, She's uh, even head of the uh, of the of the um, Church of England. Yep. Right. Right. Uh, doesn't issue religious edicts. Well, this does not make sense. But by being in those spots, right. she stops anybody else being in them. Yeah. So it's not what she does. It's what, what she, she prevents does. from happening. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a, that's the first time I've ever Especially, had that yeah. explained to me. Now I understand. Hey, no. And she's been around for a long time. And it, that, yeah. that, that royal family has Forever. some kind of gene in them, man. They last a long time. Well, yeah, I'll say her mother did quite well. Um, yeah, mother was best wishes, one. shout out, shall we say, the Duke of Edinburgh is currently in hospital. He is 99. Yeah, right. And yes. a genuine World War II vet, yes. as is his wife for that matter. Yeah, interesting. Um, but the Duke of Edinburgh commanded a destroyer in the British Pacific Fleet during 1945. Mm-hmm. That tells you a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no uh, doubt that the British are kind of nuts in combat. They're very brave, and they do these very odd kind of things, you know, that, that only they would pull off, that, that only they would come up with, and then somehow they pull off. And there's, yeah. uh, there's lots Prince of Prince Andrew flew combat in the Falklands that we mentioned. Did mm-hmm. he? One of the things he did was to literally fly behind uh, a British warship, uh, and act as a decoy oh. for Exocet missiles. Take the missile for the destroyer? Right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, so, well, just pull up hard on the collective, get the heck out of there at the very, very last, beyond the last second. No, so the helicopter goes straight up and the Exocet goes underneath you. No, thanks. Yeah. An Exocet is a missile. In theory, it sounds really good on, on yes. Blackboard. That always sounds good on it the does, blackboard, on blackboard. When, you're, when you're charting that one out in the brief. It's a missile that destroys yeah. Yeah. entire warships. That's how big the missile is, an Exocet missile. Yeah. They're firing oh, a lot yeah. on the Falklands. It's a reducer-seeking, a Sikorsky uh, 61 to chaff. Oh, yeah, to nothing. And yeah. very small chaff as well, Commander. Hey, listen, Ross, let me ask you something. Yeah. So you've had two royal dinners, correct? Yeah. Who yeah. did you uh, – who were the royals? The other uh, one was with Prince Michael, Duke of Kent. Okay. Big pun? It, who, I want to know what you had for dinner. Yeah, no, I want to know who. Oh the, man, that, yeah, who are the Royals? What was first? on the menu? Yeah, let's talk about the Almost menu. Almost anything you wanted, but I must say that it it was completely lost um, at the end. I was being hosted. I had a room in the in the officers' mess at Cranwell, and the guy in the next room to me was the head of Lucas Aerospace, which shows how far up the ladder I wasn't in those days. But the, we were hosted um, in one of the messes at, uh, after the dinner, and they actually opened up a pipe of vintage port for us. Ooh. And my head sort of melted, I think, after about the fourth go-round. I don't remember much <laughs> really? after that. Yes, okay. Um, <laughs> Happens was, to the best of it us. Was, um, yeah, that, that was a do and a half. By the way, that was the 50th anniversary of jet flight dinner mm. with... Um, Air Commodore Whittle on TV link from his home famous, in Virginia. Famous jet engine time. guy, right? Uh, yeah. He was yeah. yeah, he was extremely ill at the time. I actually had a long chat with his son Chris, who was a captain in mm-hmm. a senior seven four seven captain with Cathay Pacific at that stage. Uh, so it guy... was a it was a, a glittering occasion. Yeah. Apart from one participant. Yeah. So, 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 what was I the was food? Sort of staggering around at the end. <laughs> That's okay. What was the food like? I mean, was the food? What, what, what did they? Time, though, anyway. What did they serve you? What did they serve you? 
I honestly can't remember at this stage. Wow. I said it was that washed good, huh? away by some of the best port I've ever oh. imbibed. It they got you drunk on the port and gave you haggis. <laughs> there's a whole other. Yeah. There's all I had to do was research. I, I typed in you know like disgusting English foods, and there's like about ninety of them. And and you know if it starts off with jellied <laughs> eels. It can only get worse. I mean, how, you know, I know we're going off track here, but how can you eat that stuff? How can you eat a pie with fish heads on it? I mean, that's just. You don't necessarily well, eat the, does, eat the fish heads. I mean, it's oh, you don't eat the fish. out of the crust, you say. Like oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking at Raven. She's turning pale. Let's get to the subject, okay, before she. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so anyway, so let's you get eat like corn on the cob if, if, you know, when it's prepared like that. You just nibble the the, 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 the nice white meat right off stop, the uh, sector uh, bone structure. Stop. Yeah. God. Oh boy. I'm okay. trash. Okay, so me I, too. I eat like garbage food. Spaghettios. Yeah, Spaghettios are good. You know what they say in? Uh, yeah, yeah. At one time they were actually were food. Right. Early on in the process, they were wonderful. Oh, I hated that stuff. Yeah, that's what the, in the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon goes. That's what the Romans gave Jesus when he was a prisoner. Italian food, <laughs> spaghettios. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Nice to know that those little tiny uh, meatballs that are in spaghettios yes. don't last forever. Don't yes, last yes. Forever. So that's more than twenty-five years. Yeah, right. Commonly, commonly shelf found in your air raid shelter. What's your problem? You know, food is food, as it turns yeah. out. Absolutely. Okay. And 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 in right. in club you found out that there's a Mexican restaurant right near you. Now you can leave your gated community, and uh, you know make a beeline no, over to the Lawrence show. line. I can't wait to get over there. <laughs> <laughs> the best okay. burritos in town. Yeah, there you go. Oh. In Methuen. A little inside, but here we go. It's definitely a taco joke there, but I'm not bringing yeah, it. Yeah, right. No, don't go. How about a haggis burrito? Then that would be uh, good. No, no, but but you know, listen. Yeah. Now that we're on to I it, did, I did have a whale meat taco in Alaska. Oh, see, that's disgusting, man. Why? Why would you I eat? Think, <laughs> I think whale meat. I think I could do whale meat. I it's think blubber. It's it's disgusting. it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. Gamey. It's pretty gamey. It, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, game. Wow, what a surprise! Crazy. Okay, that a whale would be gamey. But why would you eat it? Why would you eat it? Because someone, someone, you know. Challenge when you're on a ship and you're no. not on the ship anymore, that's baloney. And you're on shore leave when you're on you're, you're out of liberty, you'll do a lot of things that you probably would never do if you weren't in that situation. Why? Because you're loaded. That is you? very true, Cobra. I got some stories too. We can make a segment. Out. I'm sure that the other sailor on the board here tonight could add, but he's being very, very, very sophisticated. Well, yeah, that's right. Holding back. Yeah, he has a bunch of chocolate. I'm glad you noticed how sophisticated I was. Right. <laughs> With the chocolate donuts behind. <laughs> It was the yes. chocolate donuts that gave it away, Switch. Wow. Switch, you you are the beacon of sophistication. Like, like a beacon give, on a fog shrouded night. Here. You're giving Sir Ross a lot here a run for his for his British coolness. Oh, wow. You guys are like, you're like peers of the realm going on here. Well, listen, now that the train has gone off the tracks, I just want to say that one of the things, <laughs> one of the uh, reasons that we thought the U.K. had an Area 51 that we chose not to do was that they're working on a secret project to get Prince, um, what's his name? Who's the next guy? Harry, on? Andrew, no, which the one next do you guy. want to talk about? The old guy, the guy, the, the, the next son. Prince the son. Charles. Prince Charles. Charles. Was yep. a secret project, guy. secret project that gets Prince Charles a new set of eyeglasses because what's the matter with this guy? I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound sexist, 
but he was married to one of the most glamorous women in the world. Right, Ross? I'm not picking on you. I know, I know. Uh, I mean, Princess you know, Die? Yes. Yeah. And, She's awesome. You know, and yeah. I watched that show. I watched the show. You know. No, I cried on every episode. Every time he was mean to, to Diana, I was I don't weeping. get it, yeah. And he was in love with that other woman. Talk about my large box of Kleenex. Yeah, it was he, not. He isn't known to be one of the brightest bulbs of the well, I, I guess so, yeah. I don't know. That's that's a mystery. That I don't know. I know everyone you know loves everyone and so on, but wow, we. He really... He straight up sucks. Let's be real. Come on. What he does? Sucks. What does? I can't oh. believe I've been thrown into a position defending <laughs> Prince Charles <laughs> since I don't have any real um, spot here. But I mean, you know, everybody's relationships. When did this become a relationship? I, I don't know. But oh my God, <laughs> if folks are tuning five minutes in ago. No, no. It's just uh, you know these people. I are- help you all if that's where you're at right now. No. You know. We're all about You're checking in for Commander Cobra, Dr. who's Love. defending the Prince Charles. Look, uh, great uh, relationships has, fall apart. No and, defense. You know, no, you no, no, and, no. And you, and, you, and you go to the next thing. No, so, but it, this his relationship, well, not that we're talking about his you relationship. can't blame him. That was like a forced relationship anyway. Yeah, they didn't, didn't fall apart. It was, was a forced yeah, so, force relationship. Right, right. And that's what was to, weird. He didn't have to be so rotten to uh, Diana. He he didn't yeah. realize what sure he had. I'm sure she was never on on, on the uh, on the on the on the dark side ever because you know she just couldn't be. I got it. Great. Can Uh-oh. we move back to the okay. war? Okay. Okay. Right. It's okay. But before we do this, Raven said, "We get said, back into that. And yes. Not, and not the uh, We're not England. the relationship show. Um, you know, not the because uh, hey, you know there's a lot of competition in the relationship show. British <laughs> love relationship show. We don't have British. we don't have the stones for that. Now, voice how do you know? Us. Yeah, but it's good for rating. That's it right. Is. We're very big in England. Okay. A lot of good uh, female fan mail. Yeah. Right. When we have about, a relationship segment. American yeah. guys okay, commenting well, we'll come, on. Uh, Commander Cobra is not completely buying that Lady Di was a walking angel. She seemed to be a lovely woman. Oh, come that. on. You're an anti lady. To, to expect that possibly Fluff could turn into Fang within about 13 oh. seconds. Okay? Wow. That's the kind of Holy game I'm coming from. Can we get back into the realm of, okay. of, of goodbye, of Raven? Yeah. Raven's waving goodbye to us. Can I kind of start us off this uh, yeah. realignment sure. segment? Yes. Well, by, by just saying this. In November 1991, yes. a certain Royal Air Force radar operator got himself into a whole load of trouble. Why? Because he reported a target, right, uh, in the, the roughly the vicinity of this base we're talking about, Makrohamish, that quickly accelerated, well, shall we say transonic, and then it went all the way up to, he clocked it at Mach 3. Mm. So he booted this upstairs and was quickly told to say, you never saw that. Mm-hmm. And after that, we got the famous donuts on a rope. Yes. Contrail case. Yes. Violent sonic booms that were literally cascading one after the other. Bang, 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 mm-hmm. bang, bang. Normally, as the commander knows, I know you get a double boom if you're going if you're decelerating from a speed greater than than, than Mach two. Yes. Um, 
I'd like to flag up that I flew it's, faster. It's uh, M-A-C-H, not M-A-C-K for That's those right. who are keeping yes. track at home. Yeah. I'm waiting for... Not Mac uh, 2, Mac, Mach 2. I'm waiting Mach for... Uh, just just keeping all the scorecards completely straight. I'm waiting for him so, to tell us um, that uh, Lady Di was behind the uh, controls of the stealth airplane. No, ahead, no, 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 no. Quite literally, there have been sightings going way back to the Gibson sightings over the North Sea yes. around this time of a KC-135 refueling a black triangular aircraft, just like an isosceles triangle. Right. And there were attempts to poo-poo this guy, but it rather unfortunately for those who did, um, Mr. Gibson turned out to be an expert in aircraft recognition, would actually taught that to the Royal Observer Corps. Oh, cool. Yes. Nice. So the guy was a stone cold, gold plated expert in the field, and you couldn't throw it away. You know, that's where truth, Ross, is stranger than fiction. You have an instructor for Royal Observer Corps on the North Sea rig that looks up and can identify those aircraft. Yeah. He said, one, yeah, there's a KC 135. It's refueling an, an aircraft that's not known to me, uh, which is highly unlikely. And it's being flanked by two uh, F-111 fighter bombers. Yeah, but sometimes there's been this uh, speculation for like about 20 years where people over the American Southwest and also over the North Sea would see these things that was called donuts on a rope. Um, and maybe not 20 years, but at least 10. And what it is, they're, they're contrails, but every, they're, every once in a while you would see a donut surrounding the contrail. And what people speculate that this is is, is, a, is like a form of a thing called a ramjet. And it's, it's, it's simple, yet it's complicated, where you, you kind of you, you, you take air in at a super high speed. You, you, um, you put gas, you know, air with it. You ignite it. It gives you like this burst of power every once in a while. And uh, it, you can go really, really high speeds. That's what they think the U.S. has. But for quite a while, donuts and the rope are the, is the evidence left behind. Is that right, Ross, Coco, you know. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And in that phenomenon of this, like smoke rings uh, surrounding the exhaust, can be seen on much slower jet aircraft, usually in an afterburner kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So to see the scale that you were talking about would be a massively powerful engine uh, that's going on, and that's exactly what you would expect would be powering these aircraft. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Said the man with the alien balloon on his head, but. You know, but they've been around for a long time. We should be a TV show. If it's not cats, it's, you know, this. But, you know, it's been around for such a, you know, you've, we've heard about this for at least 10 years, right? 10, 15 years, donuts on a rope, would you say? Easy. Easy. So that's, well, that's, like 20. that's old news, man. You know what I mean? You know, why haven't they revealed this aircraft to us yet? Well, they've, they've, they've been, um, utilizing this area for um, high-speed aerial activity, it would uh -huh. seem, um, for 30 years. But it's actually been um, coming to prominence, say, in the 1990s. Right. 
Um, and it's estimated that the this aircraft had a, a capability of between Mach three and Mach six. So that oh, Mach three and Mach six. So that's uh, miles per um, hour. That's uh, that's yeah, thirty six hundred. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a but crazy the thing speed. is that the air traffic controllers have been sort of closed down um, and told not to report things. Right, yes. But it's only um, under Freedom of Information Act um, request that some of the details are coming out, at least with regard to the reports that were suppressed. Okay, so this I want to ask. Um, this this one I want to ask UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo, okay? We've been briefing this all week. And, and we can all answer this. All right, let's say so you have a you have a, a an aircraft that can go what thirty six hundred miles an hour. Is that six? Is that Mach six thirty six hundred? Depends on the altitude you're running at. But, but more or less, right? Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. That's like going across the United States and back half again in like an hour. All right, it's it's an it's a incredible speed. All right, don't you think that if something like that had been around for, I mean, El Ronaldo, how would something like that, I'm asking you, how do you put something like that in the air? Do you know what I mean? How much friction can be involved in something like that? And is it man? It's the heat. The heat would be unbelievable. It's the amount Unless, of heat that would produce, I, see, I can't see it would, I, you know. For long term. I don't know of anything that they could currently make that would run that kind of speeds with, and they, deal with the heat generated in the atmosphere right. once it got out of the atmosphere it'd be fine but being see even the uh, even the space well shuttle. the sr-71 was running at yes. about uh, three thousand miles per hour was it really yeah uh, an unusual way to uh, to gauge its speed at the uh, in its career it was capable of those kinds of speeds so, so this is yeah three you're not far yeah. off of it right but al you touched upon a really in, important point so yeah. the altitudes that would be able to operate at uh, to keep something like air friction down for heating, uh, the materials are there. Sure. We've developed materials, you just yeah. can't develop them in, in large mass. Okay. That's the problem. Let's, let's, put it, yeah. let's put it to you this way, Al. I was once flying in an aircraft that was six inches longer in the air than it was on the ground. Yes. Yeah, I've heard about that, about the SS-71. Right. The, the Blackbirds were like that. They yeah. leaked like yeah, a stick. I know. Yeah. And I was only doing Max 2.01 wow, at huh? the time. That's fast, man. <laughs> Do you notice it? Do you notice it when you're going that fast? Is, is there any difference at all? Oh, good God, no. No? I was at flight level 650 hmm. and looking out at the Terminator, and you've got dark blue line directly at your eye level, mm -hmm. and above it was sort of inky black. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, that much fun, down. huh? Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, you, I mean, gained, was, you gained six inches in the yes. air? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. That's, no, I, I wondered about that. That's the Mile High Club. Up there and, and the fuel, is, as, uh, yeah. as the commander knows, aircraft of <laughs> that type had uh, wow. used the fuel as a heat sink. Once again. That's what you did. Nice job. Listen, right. can we just go back to Raven? Yeah, the, the alien whispered in my ear, Mac, when you made that remark. Right, so, okay. Interterrestrially, you are uh, you are an absolute uh, stud. host of the of the galaxy Not right now. Not a ball. <laughs> yeah. 4613. Yeah. Raven, Raven, can we bring you into this conversation just because we need to? Do you understand any of this? Yeah, I mean, I'm listening to it. There's okay. like... Raven, I, I really hate to ask this the way I'm going to ask this, but I'm going to try to ask it in, in, in it. the most mature way possible. 
Oh, oh, get the dump button. Oh, always yeah. a bad, yeah. Get, always get a bad. the dump button ready. Bad yep. things happening. Yes. Yeah. When 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 Sir Ross a lot was talking about it being six inches bigger in oh, the air. Come on, oh, right. come on now. Eighteen fifty and edit. Thank you. Forty seven oh two. Wow. Wait. Okay. So for those that can't see, the visual thought, is great. No, Everyone is now no. dropping their heads in shame no. that uh, Cobra has gone that direction. Shame <laughs> is the right word. And uh, yeah, I feel bad. Shocking. I'll, I'll I, email you. Okay. I, no, 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 no. That's against the show rules. You know, I thought it was bad talking Raven about. Raven emails me all the time. I thought it was yeah. talking about. Yeah, that was I bad talking about. Everyone. The she crappy. Does. She uh, does. Never emails me. What? Never emails me. We'll fix that up, Ross. We'll get that taken care of. But Holy. No, she, when that, when happens? the recent airliner had an engine catch on fire, she gave me a really nice compliment. And then I a nice gave compliment? her a lengthy email back. A nice compliment? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What was the compliment? Yeah, that, Can you remember? That's uh, making me a little. Um, Queasy? Windy about. <laughs> Flying in, uh, in seven seven seventies. Engines yeah. have hollow tur turbine blades. Yeah, but, you know, with uh, time. You know, another one of those genius moves. Time. I flew yeah. an engine. That they made the blades and the uh, and the ring all in one time. They would pour it all at one yeah. time. Complete yeah. disaster okay. in airplanes. I gotta say this. You know, it was designed to go into a ground vehicle, but they kept them at constant speed. Can I just so, say one yeah, thing? Another genius move here. Let's 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 make the, the turbine blades. Hollow okay. and not put a uh, not put a, uh, a belt around it so to keep the blades from flying out. Okay. Great stuff. I just want to say the one thing. Really okay, we're stuff. just gonna say time. You know, timeliness wise, recently a, a jet engine came upon a Boeing seven seventy seven uh, over a neighborhood. Some pots fell. The plane landed at Denver Airport mm -hmm. safely. There's a lot of video footage of the engine just barely hanging yeah. on, flame, smoke, the works. Okay. Two things I just want to say. I'm not defending them, but first of all, the engine hung in there, man. You know what I mean? It's on fire and everything, but it, it stayed on the wing. And if it came off the wing, I could see that as being a very a dire situation. And number two, the plane flew with one engine. That's not bad for a big plane like that. That's they're designed to do. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it's designed to do that, Matt. Right. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of requirements to get us down to two engines for these. Mm-hmm. It's a big engine, right? Yeah, it's Have a. Any it's of you a people watch the movie Donnie Darko? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Alan. I love Donnie Darko. Helen Raven. Yeah. Oh yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. Wow. Okay. So, you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X Files show. That's quite a. It, so you, you want to elucidate there, Alvin Aldo? Let our audience know what it's about. Soft core porn. Yeah, what is it? Uh, I don't know. I don't actually know what it's all about. It's the, it's just a very weird movie that okay. uh, he knew Raven knew. Uh, Jake Wenenthal is in. That's tough. Raven, tell us about it's it. Raven. It's pretty demented. It's about alternate realities, I guess, is the best way to put it, and cool. and different uh, uh, timelines yes. of existence. Yes, exactly. Is the best way I could put it. It was made in like the what eighties. Oh, that probably makes it, makes it is even cool. Is it a porn it, movie? Yes. Under a rock and you need no. To see it. Of course it is. is it, no. It's a porn movie, isn't it? I, I, I think I saw that. You might have seen that somewhere along the line. Okay. It sounds familiar. It's not a porn. No, I, well, listen. Is that what you said? Did you say it's in a porn? Porn movie. Listen. Yeah, it certainly sounds familiar. Before we go you to know, our break. I, I got to hand it to you, Club. 
and getting the same reaction out of Raven when we were talking about the intestines and fish head pie. Really, yeah. She's about ready, she's throwing up in her mouth a little bit. <laughs> she's she's, oh, she's a different know, shade yeah. of pale. By the way, it was two thousand and one. Which was? Stop it. What was? Donnie Darko. 2001, 20 years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. Donnie Darko, 2001, absolutely. Great movie. Wow, huh, okay. All right, I love that movie. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a uh, commercial break now, and uh, we'll be back right after this. And you'll see to Mac Maloney's Milter Exile show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north. Steppe riders threaten from the east, and Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Wow, what a show we have here tonight! A show that went off the rails, but good in a good way. We'll see. <laughs> uh, let me introduce the members of the posse very quickly. Compared girls. to most shows, you wouldn't have noticed it. Well, would you say that? Yeah. Okay. Went slightly off the rails, or <laughs> very famous one. Slightly Wanda's. off. It went back on it. Yeah. It it's just went a... back on it. That's the weird part. Yeah. We took a side spur and then came back. Very famous Juan Juan is here, girls. Hello. Hello. We're having a good time tonight. Hello, Mac. Hello, what can you say? Okay. Keep uh, those cards and letters coming. That's Well, I was going to say that you and another member What's of- What's Raven uh, doing? She's getting dressed on- What's going hang on, on Hang here? on, hang on. In Ravenland. In Ravenland? <laughs> I'm taping my this. My sweater. I was just- Putting it on? She's changing a wardrobe on the air. Here. That's cool. Put t-shirt on. Mm, I'm speechless. <laughs> okay. Why don't we go? Okay. Okay. To uh, Coco, flying below the radar tonight. Coco, how are you doing up there in uh, the great state of Maine? As always, sir, it's a it's it's a real privilege to be part of the formation. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you for uh, your service and being with us here. You know what I mean. Putting up with this craziness. I just want to oh say that Juan Juan and Raven have got a extraordinary uh, spike in email uh, fan letters in the past. Month or so, mm. yeah, mm. yeah, and and club. We're going to have to have an off-air conversation about this. Uh, let me just say that uh, CC is here. Also, uh, Switchblade Steve is here. Up in Battle Creek, Switchy. 
Good to be here. There you go. Club, our uh, Willie Club, our security chief is here. I sure am. Call I'll tell you, Mac, tonight there's just so much going on. I know. It's I'm hard having to, trouble digesting it's it. It's how to keep it straight. I know. Raven, of course, Man, is I'm here. Not, I'm getting a little indigestion. Well, you need a, you need a digestive biscuit. <laughs> I think it's all those organs. Oh, it's the haggis, my it's friend. The haggis. It's the haggis. Rosh Shop. Haggis reaction. Rosh Shop, a friend from across the puddle. Is with us, Raven. Have you been over to England? Have you traveled? So here's uh, the Queen Elizabeth. Call me now. I, I don't. I don't fly. No, if I, I don't can drive either. anywhere. I'll drive. I don't like flying. Her anywhere. Majesty, Mac, not, not Queen Elizabeth. Okay. You, you're not part of the realm to address it that way. Oh, Her Majesty okay. is coming. Yeah. No. Okay. No. All right. We're talking a lot about the UK tonight and whether they have a you know the, the Area 51 or whatever, and. In in this place, this this base we're talking about, please, Ross, tell us one more time. How do you pronounce it? Makrahanish. Okay. It has a very long runway. It has a sealed training center. If you were going to put any place, you know, if you're going to put the uh, UK's Area 51 any place, it would probably be this place. But let me ask you this. What would they be testing there, though? What's the British military? Are, are they doing the same thing? The American military would do it, the Area 51, the American CIA, testing new kinds of aircraft or whatever well you see that technology has moved on at such a such a pace and i'm sure the commander will uh, concur on this you can do many things now uh, with computer simulations that you don't actually have to build the real physical airplane before it even takes off on its first flight you've got the parameters down cold you've actually done massive simulations on its capabilities before you even get to the stage of cutting metal. There's a, a sixth generation fighter coming out that the Royal Air Force is pushing for. It's going to be called the Tempest. And from what I've gathered and from what's been said to me and other people, this thing is going to be absolutely awesome. Mm. And uh, you've already got the Swedes and the Italians signed up for participation in the program. But it, it, you don't actually need to do what you did in the past as much. Um, you know, physics. So you can actually uh, use computer power to actually enable you to design and, and test right. uh, much better. But the thing is about Macrohanish, I mean, there have been so many stories in the past there was um, an article in The Scotsman, which is um, you know, very um, uh, upmarket uh, publication in Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, and they were claiming that Aurora was definitely been flying from Macrohan. The secret, the secret, but secret plan. Not only that, um, Ron Halliday, the chairman of Scottish Earth Mysteries Research, claimed that um, it was our equivalent of Roswell in oh. that um, remains were taken there for really? either dissection or storage or whatever. Hmm. Um, it's, there, there are areas of Scotland in particular are so remote and difficult to get to in terms of road access Yes, that you could easily store things there. Switch is Scottish. Switch, um, switch is Scottish. Switch, right? Yes, Scottish, correct, Switchy? Uh, yes, uh, at, at least 25%. Mm. 
Have you ever had haggis? Well, I'm 50, so. Have you ever had haggis there? Switches? Yes, I did. It, really? Huh. In, in 73 when I, I visited, uh, yeah, they, they couldn't wait to try it on me. Oh, yeah, all <laughs> that. Yeah, there you go. I, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't have any trouble with it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Let's just move on. So at the end of the day, Macrohanish is, is just a prime candidate for uh, a 51 clone, basically, Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been enough said about it over the years and enough strange happenings in terms of sonic booms, right. donuts on a rope, etc. Right. Um, to, to leave leave um, a tingling sensation, shall we say, Ufa. in the um, spider sense area, you yes. know, that this is something that could happen. Right. Because... Um, Definitely got the potential. When these pe- when these things are seen, these are the flying Doritos that we talk about a lot. Coco talks about them a lot. They, it, it, they were seen mm. by the people on the North Shore oil platforms, as you talked about before. So other than those platforms, is yeah. this just like really big, huge, vast area of empty space that no one is going to be in? Is it a good test area up there? Well, yeah, well, the thing is that the, the Royal Air Force runs several um, – air combat maneuvering areas in the North Sea. Okay. And when you've got enough big chunks of airspace right. to actually run what you need in terms of combat maneuvers. And certainly the Dutch radar has picked up um, indications which matched up with sonic booms of aircraft moving circa 3,000 miles an hour. That was... Detected in the Frisian Islands off the coast of of uh, the Netherlands. Right. So, yeah, there are possibilities. You can't nail it down, but there are lots and lots of different pieces of evidence that you can put together, however you wish. All right. I'm going to ask this question of of almost everyone. I'm going to start with with club club. If you had a chance, now, are, are you a big? You're not a big fan of flying, or are you? Uh, oh, you don't, sure. I love. Oh, really? Flying. Yeah. Okay. Would you take a, 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 oh, yeah. a would yeah. you take a trip in a in a in a jet fighter like the back seat of a jet fighter? Oh, absolutely. Even though they yeah, make you I puke, I mean, yeah. you got to puke like three or four times to enjoy the ride. You'd still do it. Well, I've I've not I've I've puked before in my life, Are so they, that's nothing okay, new. It's not a big Raven. Would you take a ride? You don't like flying. I don't either. Would you take a ride in a jet fighter where they'd go like fifteen hundred miles an hour and you're going to throw up two or three times during the flight? 20 minute flight. I'm not a fan of flying, but if it's a 20 minute flight, I'll throw up as many right. times as I need to, to to get it done and over with as quickly as I possibly it's can. A real trooper. So, yes, I would do it. That's a trooper. Don't care. Switchy, would you go? Um, I would ruminate on it. Yeah. I don't think about it. <laughs> would you go, Wani? Have a biscuit switch. Go Juan? for it. I know Juan Juan would go. You'd go, right? One, you jump right. I in. would go. I'd go. A lot would depend on who's piloting the aircraft. Oh, really? If it's uh, Tom Cruise, I'm definitely on board with it. Really? <laughs> oh, that's not a pilot. So that he's not a pilot. So the best of happiest of all. <laughs> right I, there. I can suggest. Um, since I've actually flown faster right. in a civilian aircraft than I have a service one, um, <laughs> I would suggest that the one person that you could all put your money on in terms of getting you up there and down there and giving you. Wonderful flight. Go ahead. Would be um, Coco's friend and mine, Wing Commander Bill Ramsey. Absolutely. Bill Ramsey. Bill Ramsey would be my boat. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, no. He's the former head of the Royal Air Force aerobatic display team, the Red Arrows. They're cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're Two great. tours nice. on Tornado fighter bombers. Um, cool airplane. Flew tours on the Avro Vulcan nuclear strike bomber. And he was the last person to actually captain a Vulcan. Vulcans. Um, strange airplanes. And was the, um, you name it, he's done it, yeah. basically. Club, go ahead, club, club. The only thing ahead. is that we can't get him on the program due to the, uh, the time <laughs> difference, which um, yeah, is a pain because uh, the commander and I would desperately want him. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Now, we'll, we'll stay up late sometime for him or whatever. Hey, club, you had a question, club. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you talked about that uh, bringing up your lunch on the on the on the jet. Um, the, something oh. I wouldn't fly on anymore is a propeller plane. Yes. Okay. I remember the first time I ever flew it was going to a basic training, and uh, it was a propeller job in Allegheny. And I swear to God, they were pedaling it. But in those days, you what you get on the plane and they hand you a barf bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we thought they were giving us lunch. Yeah, yeah. the no. bag was empty. All the way along, you know, you hit an air pocket and drop five thousand feet. Yeah, yeah, yes. And I mean, you lose lunch three or four times. So I, I, if you talk about losing it on a jet, that's so not a problem. Really? So Ross, that's a real thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I flew a uh, prop from Albany to Boston once. Okay, uh, the jet flight was twenty-two minutes. The prop flight was like an hour and a half. And you are just—it's like a roller coaster ride, you know. You just land this thing, please. You know, it's not comfortable. You gotta keep your head on, right, your mouth right over the bag. You ain't kidding, and it's noisy. It. Oh, it was just—it was just, and it's one of the reasons I don't like flying. But Ross, let me ask you this, uh, Raven. Let me ask you this. So you don't like flying? You don't—you don't fly at all? Have you flown? Oh, I—I fly if it's absolutely necessary. Um, if I can drive. I would drive. You'd rather drive, um, yeah. But if I have to fly, I, I mean, I can I can physically do it. I just don't prefer it. Yeah, I, that's how if a lot of people are. So, hey, Ross, when you were on the plane, when you were on the commercial plane that went, uh, you know, supersonic, did you feel any Gs on you? Did you feel did you feel no, a difference when you went? Absolutely nothing. Nothing, huh? Zero. My, hmm. my main role in that whole sortie was just to monitor the radiation meter. Okay. Sounds like a good job. Why do we need a radiation meter? The answer is you're above a significant fraction of the Earth's atmosphere. Oh, wow. With the radiation. The solar flare. Mm. The mm. last thing you want to do is to load the uh, load the packs up the back with radiation. How high were you? How high? <laughs> Funny question to ask on this show. But, yeah. <laughs> How many? 65,000 feet. 65,000 feet, baby. That is like really up 65. there. 65. So so, so do you see? No, 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 no. Fifty-five. Okay. Two fly at eighty-eight thousand feet, approximately. Oh, oh man, that's like too uh, too high. If this I was reading an article somewhere that supersonic flight is going to come back in passengers, passenger planes. Remember, we had the uh, SST plane that crashed at the the Concorde, France. Yep. Yeah, and then they stopped. Uh, but now they're uh, talking about bringing back. Supersonic flight and passenger but aircraft. Coco, we talked about this flights, the other day. So, you know, I, I tried to, it, it, you know, I think Coco and I talked about this. Aren't you able to, with the super cruise of the F twenty two fighter? This is really getting, you know, really getting into it now. Aren't you able to take the, you know, variation of the engines of the super cruise F twenty two, which is a fast airplane, but not necessarily into afterburner, and make it, in 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 adapted to airliners. 
Does that make sense? Well, you, absolutely. But you're not going to see big airliners, big number, uh, big number of seat airliners going supersonic anytime soon. What you are going to see is probably in the business jet and well, in the uh, yeah, bigger jet. Yeah, okay, that the, makes sense. Know, yep. the, the smaller seat capacity. That's where it's going to go. And there's a there's a couple firms out there that are really doing great work on that. That are going to make make the grade on that. But yeah, the, uh, the, the vast number of people that are traveling could never afford to have that kind of uh, that capability at their fingertips. Yeah, right. And the Concord was an absolutely magnificent airplane. And it's a shame that it had the end that it did. But the market just always rejected it. And uh, where the money was, was packing us in at three or 400 into an airplane and shoving us through that system. And it's yeah. uh, not my way to fly. Well, it was all, a high price ticket. Yeah, so the a... bad the bad news that um, that Concorde was doomed before it ever took off for the simple mm -hmm. reason that British Aerospace, as it was then, wanted to build a two hundred seat supersonic airliner. Wow! At which the economics would have been quite quite viable. Right. Yes. Um, so Aviation, with their Super Caravelle design, as it was then called, only wanted a 100-seat airline. And the economics were awful at that point. The, uh, the show that we should so, do, the show that we should do is, um, might be far off in the future, is the story about the Comet, which was the British airliner. The first passenger jet airliner was the British Comet, if I'm not mistaken. And it was this great, really futuristic, cool-looking plane. And but what happened was several of them crashed, and they found out that jet flight in a big plane caused fatigue in the wings. How's that, right? And isn't that what happened? No, they, no, no, that's no. not exactly correct. Sorry, Mac. Go ahead and take the uh, observation bubble for the navigator. Go take ahead. That conversation. Go ahead, please, Coco. Um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll be able to expand on that, Coco and I, at a later date. But what was it? I'm though? Very fortunate to have examined. A lot of Comet aircraft. What was including it? Including the only existing Mark 1s. What was it, though? What was the fatigue? Wasn't there fatigue factor involved with that? It was It was metallurgical cracks because they hadn't radiused the um, corners of the uh, windows uh, on the fuselage. Wow. Figure and you that got out. crack propagation from the sharp angles and, and the edge of that. At least that was shown from the debris they re debris they recovered from the Mediterranean crash. Um, and, yeah, they also subjected that to the fact there were no crack stoppers, I mean, no metallurgical means of stopping the propagation of cracks right. uh, in the fuselage. Yeah, and wow. Boeing, when they were bringing their 707 in, actually just, uh, they ran a film showing the failure of a, of a comet fuselage without commentary. Oh, to really? prospective buyers of the 707. Oh, and that's dirty, that man. Devastating. That's cold. Yeah, that's cold. But the fact the problem. Cool. Hey, listen, Raven, uh, we got like three minutes to go. If I sat next to you on an airliner, we didn't know each other. You know, how? what kind of a passenger are you? It's the, okay. only, <laughs> the only question I can think of. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm a... Uh, She'd be willing to share her lunch with you. Okay. <laughs> like, I do not like to fly. Go ahead. If I absolutely have to do it, I will. Right. But I'm going to get like 100% like wasted on, Lord, the, on okay. the flight. Okay. All right. We'd have that in common. Okay. Would you talk to her? 
Would you talk to a stranger? Yeah, I may or may not be be a total bitch for no reason. Okay, all right. Depends on how long the flight is. Okay, that's good. Now look at the Raven's life. So listen, we gotta wrap this up. Okay, believe it or not. Okay. Where do I start? Okay, Ross Shop. Let's clap for him and we'll sweeten it up in post, please, Ross. Let's everyone clap. You're the best there, Thank dude. You so much. Hey, listen, Sydney Green Street, about you know, the club. If you can afford right. the uh if you can afford that uh special British uh you know public broadcasting music, one one won't. We'll put it in right here. Selection. Sweeten it up for Rob. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send, send you the file. The theme theme song for Downtown Abbey. Ross, you watch Downtown Abbey, do you? Yes or no? Downtown. Down oh, then that means yes. You watch it? Watch it. Our family practically lived it uh, since my uncle well, Clarence. What's the matter with the fathers, brothers? I feel was like I'm. Head gardener at Butterley Hall. I'm glad I asked. The last head gardener of that stately home. Okay, Raven, wow. you do not watch Downtown that? Abbey. Raven, please, you got the last person on the lifeboat with me. You don't watch it, do you? I don't. Um, okay, okay, stay, no. stay strong, I, I, my I'll friend. Just say no. She okay. has to be really wasted. It's sort of like an airline <laughs> no. flight. For her, you, know? <laughs> yeah. you have to be captured. Uh, captured you audience. Flight movie. She'll watch it. Club, I club. Little murder show. Yes, sir. Club. Do you watch Downton Abbey? Yes or no? No. Good for you. Okay. I'm, yeah, but I watch uh, all the other Midsummer murders. That's a, yeah. That's a, you're forgiven. Switchy. Do you watch Downton Abbey? Yes or no? Uh, well, no, but I watched Downton Abbey. Oh, well, gee, oh. Once you get <laughs> nice your T-shirt. Wow. Okay. And Coco, you don't watch it, do you, Coco? No, I watch all the other British uh, that's shows. That's okay. You're forgiven. Uh, that's one that never – I'll tell you. You, me, and Raven. You, me, and Raven. was a, a great show that was on uh, – that the Brits did that talked about this era, but it was done with modern people trying to relive that period. Who? I really like that. Donington Abbey just didn't connect for me. No, 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 no. I like Sherlock Holmes was great, great, great series, okay? And I'm sure mm -hmm. PBS has a yep. lot of great series. But the Dante, I mean, come on. With I mean, Benedict? With Benedict? No, no, uh, no, yeah, no. Cumberbomb. No, the old one? No, the, the, the new one, yeah. Benedict Army is one of the best ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I thought the have, uh, Cumberbatch uh, Sherlock Holmes was excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. It was a really nice, fun, modern take right. on the uh, on that series, but Basil Rathbone will always remain. The, well, he's the, the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the best. Sherlock Holmes for me. Sure. I, I have to keep throwing at the Raven. Raven, did you see the new Sherlock Holmes on PBS several years ago when you were fifteen? <laughs> um, no. No, okay. You should. Yeah, you like wasn't it. allowed to watch that in junior high, apparently. Uh, but you'd really like I, it. I um. Uh, okay, you guys might hate me. I'm I'm not a big fan of Cumberbatch. Oh, that can be only one Sherlock Holmes. It's very simple. Yeah, you know we Jeremy don't. Brett. Yeah, who? Mm -hmm. oh, Bears of Rathbone, right? Right. Oh, Jeremy Brett. The original. Oh. No, he's not original. Oh no! Oh no! Jeremy Brett was absolutely superb. He played it so far on the edge. Then oh. it was almost off the edge at some times, but really, it was yeah. really unbelievable. Well, okay, another show. I thought that Raven would be a big fan of, uh, you know, what's his name? Cumberbatch? What's his name? Benedict Cumberbatch? No? Yeah? Benedict Cumberbatch. Not a hunk? Not a hunk to you? Um, you have the thermometer. So, so here's the thing. is like I, I like Supernatural. 
And I feel like you're either one or the other where you're supernatural or you're Sherlock Holmes. There you, know you go. I mean? Wow. I'm telling I'm you, Juan, when, we, when we have to get uniforms with capes and uh, initial in the front of it. I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uniforms and supernatural or superheroes. This uh, summer. This, this summer's is difference. One. Ross, what about Christopher Plummer in Murder by Decree? Did you uh, I like that Plummer one? as an actor. He just passed um, away. Yep. Not necessarily in that. Okay. Yeah, he's just a yeah. That's one he's of my like, favorite Sherlock Holmes film. That's a good yeah, movie. Yeah. It, um, I like Jeremy Breton's Sign of Four, which is it's yeah. superb. Right. Uh, but as I said, it's horses for courses. It's it's what you start out with, and everyone has their favorite Sherlock Holmes. Right. Um, just as everyone has their famous, uh, their favorite Poirot, right? What? And um, James Bond. James Bond, yeah, yeah. Yes. Go on forever with, with uh, yes, James Bond. A, a whole other subject coming up with the new release of the new film. Mm, yeah. Mm, they kind of lost out. me. They lost me a little bit. I'll probably see it, but there was a there was a certain point where they just uh, kind of lost it, frankly, you know, with me. You know, they kind of stretching. It's, it's 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 like the female Doctor Who. Whoa! Good in theory, but in practice, it turned out to be a complete. Yeah, oh, that was one where I think they they just they missed the uh, they missed the target. This is a tattoo. Yeah, by a mile. Okay, here we it go. It was like they were just reaching for it. Reaching, yeah. I think they've been reaching for about wasn't right ten to fifteen years, really. I would go down on its own over Sherlock. If they had Holmes, developed their maybe. own character that paralleled yeah. it, it would have been yes. phenomenal. Yes. Yes. Right. Yep. Yep. But they didn't Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. But. Um, you know. we got to wrap and, it up. And and and, and <clears throat> appropriate uh, kudos to Doctor Who. Miss Shaw, love Doctor uh, Who. Yeah, first or second Doctor Who iteration was phenomenal. Yeah, Doctor mm. Who is a great series. I I bought my first VCR uh, just to tape Doctor Who. Yeah, I love Doctor Who so much. Remember, well, the, remember the eighties? Actually, are retrieving Doctor Who episodes. Yeah, they're cool from lost tape. Mm. Uh, yeah. From as far away as Kenya, I'll bet, yeah, um, yeah, and and Hong Kong that were sent out for the local TV stations to run, yep, and just thrown away in 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 cupboards. They're tacky. And whereas tape videotape originally was so expensive, they had to keep reusing it, so they lost whole chunks of oh, the Doctor Who genre. That's crazy. Freaking BBC, right? yeah, and they were recovered. They're now being recovered from faraway corners of the well, world. Well, they should do. Let me tell you this. Let's get back to the Beatles. Let's see, you know, go back to the Beatles. The Beatles were on um, yeah. Top of the Pops, I think, in 1966, their last TV appearance. They did two very interesting songs, like We Can Work It Out or whatever, and the it live yeah. and the, in Paperback Writer, and the BBC washed the tape so they could use it again. Yeah. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Why not? Why not yeah. save five bucks? I mean, you know, apparently, um, the, the huge Magnavox wide format tape was so expensive in those oh, days. Oh, come on. Yeah, that, I mean, it, that's just like you know, someone was, following some kind of a rule. You have to understand the BBC is a, a pseudo government entity right. that's publicly funded through a license fee. Yes. Right. So it's yes. all—it's like you're forced to fund it if you're, you're going to watch to TV. Fund it, right? Yeah. So um, if you're go, if you're going to have that situation, you're going to save used matchsticks up. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I can see that. Now I understand. Right? Yeah. 
Okay, so listen, Ross Shop, thank you very much for joining us, Ross Shop. The People's Mosquito Project, they're putting together, putting back together a mosquito warplane, a wooden warplane with two Rolls-Royce engines on, fastest thing in the year in World War II for a long time. So what's the project? What's the update? By the way, guess who's just reached 200,000 pounds raised? Oh, really? Yeah. Good for you, really. Two hundred really, yeah, like more than a quarter of a million. That's bucks. a quarter of a million dollars. Okay, yeah. super duper. How much do you yeah. need? How much do you need to put that thing together? About seven big ones, but oh. uh, we've now got the backing of Airbus. That's what she said. Oh, Airbus, UK. cool. Yeah, cool. Yep. And we're in talks with a certain engine manufacturer, which can't be named for Rolls Royce copyright reasons, yep. Commander. Okay. Yes. But you know who it is. We all know who it is. And it's a household name. What's your yeah. uh, What's your deadline? What's your um, ETA? Give me the Give me the money. I'll write the checks tomorrow, and it gets finished in four years. Four, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Yep. We are doing phenomenally well, and uh, you know, if you look at the things that we're now building, yep. there's going to be a new video dropped on our YouTube stream. Dropped. Yes. In the next couple of weeks. They're dropping going, a new video. And this wow. is a breaking news, Commander. Construction of things like instrument panels and so on and so yeah. forth. Wow. In other words, we've gone beyond the fuselage um, we all like that. framing now. We're reaching the stage where we're doing interior bits and pieces. Okay. So That's cool. So so listen. So listen, when when you're when you're flight worthy, Juan Juan has volunteered to be the first civilian uh passenger. That's right. Can you do that? Without well, a parachute. Another Without person a parachute. on this screen is likely to be slightly ahead of him. Raven. He, he's Raven. Gotten, he's Raven. gotten in with a certain wing commander. Uh-oh. Oh. And uh, if he's an extremely good boy up there in the wilderness of the Northern Kingdom. Wow. I think um, he might be He might be ahead of, uh, of one one. Damn. Oh, oh, wow. Meow. Mind you, the... <laughs> The it also helps to be a, a fellow like member of you, the uh, People's Mosquito Project. You can put me last okay, on the right. list. <laughs> me and me and Raven will be last on the list of volunteers. But well, the director of engineering might sneak in on about the eighth flight. Okay. All right. Tell good. you what, I'll be in part of the ground crew. Okay. I'll I'll pull the chocks take, from under the under take the, the safe wheels. way out. I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> okay. Oh. I will be in the airport bar. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'll be in the. I'll be in the tower flipping channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need a channel flipper. Okay. I'm well, good at that. Okay, here we I'll go. I'll be there with my parachute. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I'll the be ground. there with my video camera and turn it, it into it, It'll be wonderful, Club, because then by then you'll be an Irish citizen, and we'd like to have that representation. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, wow, a lot of can happen well, in four ooh, years. Ouch. Thank you. Thank you for that. So let me let me say, Ross, thank you for joining us. Sydney Green Street. I think pleasure. you should really be like a character actor or something. You just got the look, man. You got the look. Want, yeah. want, uh, Coke, Coke will be your agent. I can see you both out on the left coast. Coco, dealing and wheeling. You not saying anything. Coco, no, you, good? I'm very good at that. you got the time, Coco? I have the time to change any script okay. to make Ross Sharp Sir Ross a lot the star that he should be. Perfect. Thank you, Ross, for joining us. I really appreciate it. No, uh, I really enjoy my time with you all. Thank uh, you, Ross. Club. Thank Ross, you're the best. So Club, we'll see you. Yes. We'll see you soon, okay? You look very, very uh, distinct. The blue mic, the books in the back, 
Don't put an electronic background in, man. You'll look good. Well, it's the quality of this show requires this kind of, uh, really? you know, attention. Okay. It sure does. It's the detail. Yes. Right. I'm going to. the man with the Rolling Stones giant mouth and tongue hanging wow. behind it. Yep. Yeah. Bet. I'm going to send you our latest emails, Club. You might tr- you might yeah, change your opinion on that. <laughs> Thank you, Club, for joining yeah. us. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Been fun. Thank you. Clear. I'm sorry. I mean, Raven. Sorry, we have to say goodbye. <laughs> It's been. My God, I spit. Oh, that's okay. <gasps> Some guys like that. Look, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Thank you for She's giving us that. Uh, as usual. Yes. I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Thank, thank you. you for being with us, Raven. Thank you. Thank you, Juan. Juan. You got it. Thank you, you Beyond bet. Words. Okay. I'm following you on Instagram. Raven. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, Happy birthday. Yes, a couple of days. You, the big 2-0. The big 2-0. The big 2-0. Happy 2-0. birthday, Ross. Thank Happy you. Birthday. And Ross is the big 4-0. Uh, sorry. Big 3-5? Three three He's the big 3-0. The three along three, with, yeah. I'm the big 2-0. Yeah. The big 2-0. So. Ross is the big I was talking with a young lady at work today. Uh-oh. No, sorry, yesterday. Cool. And explaining that... Um, it so happens I was four times older than she was. <laughs> okay. All right. Is this over drinks or no? No. Four times older okay, than she was. Okay. Hey, listen, mm, don't let that stand okay. your way there, my brother. Uh, mm. Coco, thank you very much for joining us. Coco, for joining us. As always. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you for being the foundation. Switchy, thank you very much and for putting up the train wreck image to let us know it's time to go. Thank you, Switchy. Okay, and what's uh, you getting? Uh, you want to tease us for next week's breakfast, or is it all up in the air? Oh, God only knows, but we still have that elusive fringe report. You know, <laughs> oh, that's true. That might surface next week. Yeah. <laughs> that's sweet. Thank you. Well, you were you were in the you were in the engine compartment when the train went off the tracks, correct? Uh, no, I, I was uh, in the next county. <laughs> Thank you, Switchy. For standing Which is where he was thrown to. Thank you. Oh, really? In the crash. Thank you. Juan, Juan, thank you very much for joining us. The convenient wormhole that transported you to the next yeah. county. Why don't we do the plugs really, really quick? can be heard where? Everywhere. Uh, yes, right. Uh, we are a podcast now. We are on podcast uh, on podbean.com. We are also very, very big on Apple Podcasts, okay? Uh, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. um, just go to um, Alexa and go, Alexa, play Mac Maloney's Military X-Files on Apple Podcasts, and you are there. And uh, thank you for everyone who listens to us on Apple Podcasts. We get a lot of comments on Apple Podcasts, but you can't copy and paste them, which is really strange. But just a lot of people are into the show, okay? I'm sure you have to pay someone mm-hmm. to do it. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are into the show. A lot of people into mentioning one one and also mentioning Raven, as it turns out. But another show. You mean me and Raven together? Well. Not necessarily. Well, well, okay. All right. Ross, how okay. do you know? <laughs> you, it's all right. I'm working you, on it. Okay. Well, baby steps. <laughs> Let's. All right, so when we it's nice it. that you have Ross with that with that perfect accent, just put the cooler hand. Just two, yeah, you're right, kind of legitimized things. I know. Next uh, week we'll have Diana on with with my t- time for tea. We're gonna have Diana, and we're gonna yeah. have okay. Uh, Kleenex, Diana. yeah, wipes and the big extra box of Kleenex. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh dear, is right. Hey Mac, before we go, I want to slip it in under the wire real Please. quick below the radar. Go. 
there has been contact with Sweetwater Donuts, the official donut company Good. of yes. really? Direct Wild Show Super. concerning Switch's very special okay, day with yes. them. His day sweeping being up. Worked on as Employ- okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, that's coming up in the future. Uh, homes for our troops. Homes for our troops. Just Google them online. Very good military charity um, who build, uh, they build homes for wounded troops from the Iraqi and also Afghani war. Um, they build um, houses that are suited for them. Give them the keys. No mortgage. They deserve it. Homes for our troops. Please Google them. Also, uh, the People's Mosquito Project, Ross Shop, and his uh, bunch of mad Englishmen putting together one of the best war planes of World War II. Uh, please Google them as well. And we also are on Seacoast Oldies podcast app. Is that right, Wani? That's right. Okay. That's right. If you uh, click on the menu and select podcast, you will see us. Right, a lot of people listening to us, and also among some other podcasts, but you'll see us. Right, and they're going into the archives, and that's how we got the request for the Sandy Shang story, and also many, many other past episodes, <laughs> as it turns out. Okay, unexpected, but why not? Thank you, everyone who listened uh, to us, listening to us, and thank you for the entire gang. And this is Mac for the entire gang saying, "Until next time, be safe, be happy, and bye bye."